This is the Reset MD podcast. We welcome you to join in on our conversations with fellow physicians. Many of us in medicine reach a point in our careers where we want to make a change, hit a reset button. Wouldn't it be nice to have some guidance from colleagues who'd been there too and have pearls of wisdom to share? These well-being conversations will cover a range of topics, thriving in medicine, physician health, burnout prevention, work-life integration, practice optimization, advocacy, and support. And we'll just have some fun doing it. Listen in and start your reset. Welcome back to the Reset MD podcast. I'm Dr. Sagan Chase, one of the co-creators of the podcast. Today, we are excited to welcome Dr. Dr. Geetha Kamath. She is an assistant professor of weight management in the Department of Internal Medicine at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. She is weight management and lifestyle medicine certified and promotes plant-based nutrition and motivational interviewing-based practice. She is currently participating in the ACP's well-being training and practices and promotes well-being and wellness in the workplace and in her personal life. She comes to the podcast today with a variety of professional and personal life experiences that have shaped her story. We're so fortunate to have her here to share her wisdom. Geetha, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sagan. As always, it's my pleasure to chat with you. We have had the uh, good fortune of meeting at the ACP Chicago conference recently and promoting our wellness uh, uh, education and workshops. Uh, so I'm happy to be here and share uh, my experiences and uh, be of a resource to everybody around. And we're grateful to have you. As we begin, I know you've had quite a, quite a career path that's been quite varied, um, but I know that most recently you've had a reset story that you wanted to share with our individuals um, as others might identify with it. Sure. Um, I've had several resets uh, in my life because I started off my um, life in India, uh, medical school and early education, practiced as an OBGYN, and then when I moved to the U.S., switched to internal medicine, uh, which is something I equally loved and um, have been in academics and a traditional medicine hospitalist, worked in the VA and worn various hats for 20 years. But my biggest reset story was uh, during COVID uh, when um, I had to make, due to reasons of burnout and um, other situations made a big career switch from being the traditional internist that I was for and academician I was for 20 years to going into lifestyle medicine, obesity medicine, and championing wellness, all coming from a personal journey as well. So that's uh, something I will be more than happy to share and elaborate and hope uh, we can exchange our resources and uh, learn from that. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what all that entails now, this change that you've had and, and what your day-to-day -day life looks like in your weight management and lifestyle medicine practice? Sure. Um, I work at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Medicine. Um, I work with residents, fellows, and medical students. Uh, my clinical practice is primarily obesity and weight management consultations and referrals from various uh, departments. So we uh, help uh, patients on their weight loss journey for medical reasons. 
And in addition to that, I am also part of the wellness committee at the institution, as well as the wellness committee at the ACP, uh, state champion uh, also in training. So these wellness uh, positions have helped me advocate and further the conversation about prevention of burnout, managing burnout, what are our resources? Because many a times, like um, I was also in the situation, initially it was, Burnout is something till you experience, you might think doesn't happen to us or, or we have well prepared ourselves or we don't take the time to really look into it further. And then when it suddenly hits you or you're in the middle of it, experiencing it, then it might be overwhelming. So I think approaching burnout and wellness from a, a place of prevention I have found has been more helpful. Having practices of self-care and nurture both in personal and for your workspace will serve you better. Um, I describe it to my students as the soldiers in the army. We don't wait till we are on the battleground to fight the uh, fight. We are always having the practice, keeping them in the best shape so that they have the best outcome in those situations where they are on the battleground. So all of us who are not in the middle of experiencing burnout, I think it's important to have some self-care practices, nurturing practices, know our resources and support. And that's what I would like to share with everybody and make sure uh, we are there for ourselves and for each other, both in our personal lives and our uh, workspaces. What are some of those things, Geeta, that you practice on a daily basis in order to prevent that burnout again from happening? Um, on a daily basis, I. I think it's important to um, have priorities and set boundaries. We have so much going on both in our personal lives and work life. Uh, a lot of us in primary care will tend to say, I have notes to finish and we might go home and give up on their time with our family and kids and sit down to finish those notes endlessly. But I think if we were to say, okay, I'm going to do my notes for a couple of hours, but then sit down together with my kids and family for dinner or whatever plans you had made. Occasionally, yes, there will be something that will come up and throw you off track, but eight out of 10 times, if you can give the priority of taking care of your family time or even your hobbies, I realized somewhere along the line, I had let go of my hobbies and interests to uh, take care of things like the notes and charts. Um, and once I let that go, uh, the frustration was slowly building up now what I do is take those 10 minutes to listen to a podcast, a music session, or my favorite speaker, or a short TED talk. It's in bite size. It's not things that I have to spend hours and you know figure out how to do it, but something that's really practical. I could do it while I'm waiting um, for something in the grocery store. You could these days with uh, AirPods and all the technology. I think it's best if we can use it to our advantage and uh, make life easier. Sometimes multitasking can be a good thing if we not become a slave to it, but we become empowered and use it the right way. Absolutely, I love those ideas of, I've heard you use that phrase a lot, bite-sized. Um, I think when you feel like you're making a life overhaul, that can seem overwhelming, but bite-sized breaks it down to be something that's, um, to usable and applicable. Um, I know sometimes when talking to patients about exercise, they'll say, 
take the 30 minutes you drop your child off at ball practice and walk around the field. I mean, putting it into your day instead of adding it to your day. Um, so that's, that's really great to remind us of just making it bite-sized and finding what works in the different spaces. What are some ways in your workplace that you try to incorporate those um, areas of wellness or trying to keep that balance going? Again, in the workplace also start with bite size. It comes to knowing your staff. Your staff are uh, people. And once you connect with them, they will tend to work with you better and you make a better outcomes as a team. So I know um, all my staff um, on a daily basis, I take two minutes to say, hey, how was your day? How's your kid doing? And I do it genuinely. It's not one of those uh, ask a question and then tune out. People recognize that if you ask a question and then tune out or you're asking just for courtesy and not with the intention of listening. So I think I have worked on this and genuinely practicing the listening skills because uh, most of us are in a hurry and we know we have a we don't have enough time. I could have finished one more note, one more message. Uh, the same way, if we take two minutes to connect with our staff and colleagues and know what's going on in their lives, sometimes we can come from a point of understanding and that's uh, prevented a lot of misunderstanding. They have been rude to me, they ignored or uh, they'd said a no, because once you know what's going on in their lives, you come from a point of understanding. We all can help each other better. I also uh, have used the same on my end. I am pretty open, so I tend to share my story and not in depth, but just let them know what's going on enough for them to understand if I'm sounding too busy or if I could not respond to their message the same day, it is for a reason and not that I'm ignoring them. And I think that has really helped. When you're genuinely open, people can sense it. I'm sure we all do uh, know when somebody's being genuine and uh, that has served me really well. The other thing is I have always been uh, able to ask for help. Um, I have always felt if you ask for help, you have nothing to lose. People will either help you out or let you know that they can't. Uh, I am not expecting that everybody I ask for are going to help me or meet my needs, but I do ask and obviously the right person or people who you think are the right people to approach so that they can't read your mind. So it's easier to throw it out there and see what they have to offer or they might have an alternative suggestion so I think it does help to brainstorm and uh, share your uh, challenges or any situation you might be facing. And again, that has served me well over the years. Great. Thank you for sharing those words of wisdom. I think that's always helpful for us to just be reminded of genuine listening. And, and it's okay to ask for help because I think a lot of us feel that sometimes it's not okay uh, that we might be um, looked down upon or judged if we are not aware of something. So I want to pivot just a little bit, Geetha, and ask you, um, you obviously have come in contact with a lot of different providers and colleagues in your days. Um, and as you're exploring this work in wellness, what is one of the first things you encourage physicians to do as they're looking for clarity in their career? I think at every stage in our life, our goals change, our priorities change. When I was young, um, you know, it's like, I want to get promoted. I want to do a lot. I have more time on hands. But then when you have kids, other responsibilities or health issues or whatever be the other issues in your life, your priorities might change or you might need more time for your kids and family. 
And so uh, it's okay to shift your goals and priorities. And that's one thing I have learned from time to time. It's important to reframe uh, what is my goal now? Where am I at what stage in my life am I? And what is important? There was one time in life when my kids were little and being a two physician family with three kids uh, and no family around to help. And we had moved to a new location, um, which was not planned. So I had to uh, step in and say, I need to go part-time. And that part-time was not a days off, but at the end of the workday where I would have to be available for the kids after school activities. And so I was able to talk to my chief and uh, due to my commitment and sincerity and work I had done, he was able to accommodate it. I was able to say, I need this for three years till my middle school kids are driving and independent, and then I'll be able to come back full term. So uh, full time. So um, having those kinds of conversations helped. He supported it and uh, that immensely helped me take care of the kids. And then I was able to uh, keep my promise, turn around, come back and do my full term, com full time commitments and uh, things like that. You know, that was not something I planned. And uh, so I had to uh, go approach him and see if that would work. It took him a little while. It didn't happen overnight. It, it took about four to six months, but that gave me the hope and that gave me, um, you know, something to go on with, um, kept me from looking for other jobs or having to consider leaving, uh, did give me some realistic options. So I think again, having that honest conversation, coming up with a plan or a couple of options uh, was practical. If he had said no, I would not have grudged him because I'm sure um, he has his own responsibilities as a section chief, and, but I would have to then uh, take care of myself and look at what were my options. How could I do what would best serve my situation at that time without being grudging uh, to him, but at the same time taking care of myself. So I think that's what we have to learn, that uh, there are options, there are conversations, uh, and we have to be flexible and look for what is available or how can we reinvent ourselves. Again, reinventing is one of my favorite phrases because I have had to do it multiple times um, all through my career and in my personal life. Absolutely. I, I know you like the phrase reflect and reinvent. I really like that. I think it's something that sometimes we sometimes we forget the reflect part and it's so key in order to reinvent yourself to know, like you said, what are your goals? What are your priorities in life at this stage of your life? Because it's changed over time. Of all the reflecting and reinventing that you've done, what is the most in th important thing you were able to reclaim or discover with the life changes you've made? Um, reflecting is the key part, like you said, without that, the reinvention might not be effective or what you wanted. Uh, but when you reflect, I think uh, you want to, again, see where are you in life? What is important to you? How does it matter in the big picture? Sometimes I think we'll miss the forest for the trees. We get carried away with one little thing of the day to day or what's going to affect us in the next few days. And when I look back in life, uh, some of the decisions I have made, uh, did it matter in the big picture? Would it have been different if I had not got so stuck up on those little decisions earlier on in my uh, you know, early career? Uh, fortunately, uh, uh, they were not so significant, but I still think I spent a lot of time hemming and hawing about things that I could have spent more productively. And I'm sure we all uh, go through that. And that's where sometimes it helps to have a friend, a mentor, a peer support, 
uh, whoever to also help you think through this because sometimes we get caught up in our own emotions uh, we get boxed in as i like to say and then we are stuck within that box uh, not able to think beyond and that's where i think i really loved uh, this phrase called the reign of compassion which again starts it's a mindfulness practice which reminds us to um, reign is an acronym r stands for recognize and acknowledge what's going on a is for allow allow the experience to be there just as is with no judgment I'm going through this difficult situation. Instead of saying, why is it happening to me? Why couldn't it be uh, not somebody else? Why, how did I get into this? That's generally the thought process most of us deal with in a difficult situation. Instead of saying, this is happening to me um, and say, I'm going through the pain. I'm feeling hurt about this person betraying me or not keeping the promise and allowing the experience and uh, naming your emotions is the other term. You know, sometimes we try to numb our emotions instead. I think if we can name them and say, it, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling hurt. Uh, those are the terms that I think help us express our feelings and then investigate. Um, I stands for investigate with genuine interest and curiosity. What is happening? How can I handle this? And um, you know, uh, those are the terms that will help you look at the process itself. And finally, nurture yourself with self-compassion. Think of yourself as your best friend. How would you advise your best friend who would be in this situation? You would not be uh, mean to them. You would not be judgmental. You would ask them to be kind. But many a times we treat ourselves with much more harshness and uh, you know, uh, find faults in how we are dealing with ourselves when we are in a difficult situation or some of us tend to play the blame game like we were at fault. So uh, avoiding those things, but being kind and saying you're going through a difficult situation. Um, this is not going to last forever. You will be able to come up with a solution to this. What are some options I have in this situation? Just like you would advise a best friend, except that it's your own self you're talking to have that positive self-talk. I'm a big believer in positive psychology. There is hope in the worst of situations. Uh, if you look at some of the writings of the Holocaust survivors, the Buddhist monks who have been through some of the camps, uh, torture camps where they have managed to come out of it without being bitter and angry and hateful because hate and violence is something we are seeing a lot in our society and the current uh, situation. I think that's also something we have to try to avoid. We have to learn how to handle situations that make us hateful, angry, or bitter and uh, reinvent ourselves into being uh, empathetic, kind. Uh, at the same time, setting boundaries. You don't want to be used, abused, uh, in situations. So those are skills we have to develop. These don't happen overnight. That's what I learned. And a lot of the things, these skills I developed were through practices during the time of burnout. And it was a period of about two to three years. I looked at uh, TED Talks. I looked at inspirational speakers. I looked at people uh, who had been through these kind of challenges. Uh, there are some wonderful life coaches. ACP Wellness has great videos and life coaches talking on these. Uh, there are great talks in social media. 
there are many support, support groups for physicians. Uh, Facebook has a physician community, a community for physician moms. So uh, there are different wellness communities to, to help reinvent yourself. And I think reaching out to all those things will give you so many resources and options. And like I said, I learned during the process of my burnout, but I would suggest to people, don't wait till it happens to you. Um, it doesn't come with a warning. So you might want to work on wellness practices well ahead of time. They'll serve you well, both in your personal life and in your work environment and anywhere else. And then you can help your patients and colleagues and everybody see that it's working well for you and you can share with them and make the whole world a better place, uh, starting with your own community and your own immediate surroundings. Yes, such good words of wisdom. I know um, one of the things we heard a lot more about uh, at the ACP meeting was um, wellness in the spaces of training in residency as medical students. So we can and I think this is what you're talking about, cultivating that positive psychology and positive self-talk. We tend to be, especially in medicine, a lot harsher on ourselves than on others. Um, and those are ways we can definitely cultivate that. I love the mindfulness practice you bring about. And I just want to recap that for people because that might've, we might've, we might've lost a little bit, but um, so the rain, it was the rain of compassion is what you called it, uh, mindfulness practice. And RAIN stands for R is recognize and accept the situation. Um, A is allow the experience, allow yourself to be in the experience where it's at, sit in it, um, feel it. And then I stands for investigate with genuine interest and curiosity. And then N is nurture yourself with self-compassion and kindness, how you would nurture your best friend in a, in a way that would, um, would cultivate their, their care and, and that nurturing. Did I get, did I represent that correctly? Absolutely. Yes. You said it well. It's more about being kind to yourself, not judging yourself harshly. Most of us, uh, that's where I think we get into that negative self-talk and then uh, it snowballs from there. Well, I, um, I want to ask you one more question, then we're going to go into a rapid fire, just a few um, more playful questions, Geetha, if that's okay with you. Um, you've given us a lot of pearls of wisdom for well-being. Is there anything that we might have missed um, or anything that you want to recap about that? One of the things, again, from my experiences early on, I realized is uh, how important when you're in a challenging situation or a situation that triggers a lot of emotions to analyze your emotions. Don't let your emotions hijack your decisions. Many a times when our decisions are made from an emotionally vulnerable standpoint, they might not serve in our best interest. So it's better um, to take the time, not provide a rapid answer or a rapid decision, uh, if especially it's a high stakes one, you can always request and say, let me think about this and get back to you. That is an honest, genuine answer, and nobody can uh, judge you or blame you for that. That buys you the time to go back and think about it, especially in these days when we see e emails and messages flying through and have the urge to send something instantly that we might regret. I think uh, uh, that is something we can practice both for um, technology and in our day-to-day -day practice. You do not have to make a decision instantly if it's not uh, you know, life-saving or something of a life-saving emergency. And that buys you the time 
not to be emotionally carried away because especially situations which make you angry or upset, uh, you might tend to burn bridges. And that's the other thing. If you can avoid burning bridges, that will serve you well. And um, keep track of your support systems. It's really helpful to have your supports, know who your best friends are, whom you can reach out to and be there for them too. It is a give and take process. Um, express your vulnerabilities, share your struggles with others, uh, the right people, because then people see you from a human standpoint and people are more honest and sincere, whether it's helping you or asking for help. Um, these are some of the things uh, I would add to all the other things we talked about. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing those things. Great advice. Kind of pivoting a little bit, um, I have three shorter questions for you. Um, just a snapshot in, into your life a little bit. What's an ordinary moment of joy for you, Geetha? Uh, gardening and playfulness with my cat and kids. Excellent. Um, and what's one thing that has helped your time management or efficiency in your work and home life? Prioritizing. When I have 10 different things and I know I only have so much time, I try to tend and pick to the first four things I have to take care of first and then trying to set time limits. If I have to finish the notes uh, and previously as a primary care, we all know this, uh, when there are 50 notes to finish, then I tend to say, okay, I know I have an hour I'm going to give to this today evening. Let me do the most important 20 notes for today. I know I will not get to all the 50 notes and that's okay because now I have set realistic expectations. I'm not spending endless time. And so things like that have helped. Perfect. And then one, what's one thing that you take with you when you're traveling? My curiosity. Excellent. I'm curious to know people. I'm curious to know places. Um, I'm curious to experience everything. And um, that has really helped me well. Interestingly, I'm a person with great anxiety while traveling. I think of all the things that could go wrong, worry about it. And then I have to start practicing my reign of compassion, kindness, and say, how bad? could it be? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? And then let my curiosity take over and say, let me make that an experience. It'll be a story I can share with others if things didn't go the way I wanted to go my way. So curiosity is something I take with me everywhere and um, practicing empathy and kindness. Knowing you, Geetha, that is a completely authentic answer. The way that we met was very much just curiosity. And I'm very much... Um, delighted to share the time with you today. I, I thank you so much for that. And I, that's a very, very honest answer from you. I, I love it. It's great. Um, any final points you'd like our listeners to, to leave with? The points I would make is life is unpredictable. Things happen. Uh, so be open to experiences, good and bad. I tell my students, myself and everybody else, from every experience, you can learn. You can learn what to do or what not to do. Both those things will serve you well. Um, if you have had good coaches, good chiefs, you learn how to be a good leader from them. If you have had somebody uh, who's made it rough and difficult and you have seen that, 
you learn what not to do from them. So uh, that's the same thing with uh, anything in life. I think you can always learn what to do, what not to do, and make it a meaningful experience. And uh, I believe that this too shall pass. The serenity prayer has helped me very well in accepting the things I can change, doing the changes I can advocate, and then uh, learning to move on if things are beyond my control or if I have that as an option. Excellent. I appreciate all your gracious words of wisdom, Geetha. I know you've had a lifetime of experiences that you're drawing upon, and it's always helpful for everyone to hear what other people have endured and how they've managed to cope and um, grow along their journey. So pausing and prioritizing and reflecting and reinventing, re reinventing yourself with those bite-sized pieces of wellness each day, I think are so helpful. So thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners today. We're so happy to have you. Thank you again for having me. Uh, I've enjoyed this time sharing my experience. Uh, I wish everybody well and uh, a lot of uh, success and practicing uh, mindfulness and having a wonderful life uh, through all the roller coaster journeys that we will be going through. That is the most predictable part. Life is a roller coaster and we just have to learn to surf the waves. The waves will always be there in our oceans. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Geetha, for your time today. And thank Thanks, you to our Karen. listeners. Have a good day. Thanks for listening in on this conversation at Reset MD. If you'd like to reach out to us and continue the conversation for well-being, email us at resetmdpodcast at gmail.com.